Hey, we're back. It's the Heart of a Fighter show. It's been too damn long. Today, on the show, we're going to talk about how to get the best workout you can without using machines. What do you do in between sets? Sitting there, picking your nose? Hopefully, we're working. I'm going to detail how to do it on the show today. Good to be back. And we're here. It's the heart of a fighter, guys. It's been about a month since I talked to you last. Thanks for tuning back in. We are on Spotify. We're on Radio Public. It's the heart of a fighter show. Soon to be iHeartRadio. Um, I've been getting a lot of uh, quality downloads from you guys. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm your coach. If you haven't joined in, Coach Johan, I'm your insider. I'm your guy on the inside. I like to give you guys tips. I like to put money back in your pocket so you don't waste it on bad fitness because it's way too easy to do it. It's way too easy to get duped. Fitness is gimmicky. But instead of focusing on what doesn't work, I like to give you guys the best of what does work. And that's what I try to provide for you, I like to say, if you're on gym fuckery, it's because you should have listened to this show first. Everybody needs to know three types of people in their life, three professions, okay? You want to know, you want to meet and get along with a quality mechanic. You want to get along with probably someone who does hair, a barber, a hairdresser. And you want to know a good trainer, right? Those are all service industries. You know those three people, you're fucking golden, right? You'll never get a bad haircut. You'll never get screwed um, with a with getting a cheap radiator or used oil. And you'll never get poor fitness. <laughs> if you meet these types of uh, service people, I'm sure there are more. Like maybe you know, if your best friend works in IT, you can get free tech support. If you need free tech support. But I digress. Guys, today, let's talk about the... I had a great conversation today with the guy. It was brief. I'm at the gym. I'm sweating it out. I'm doing pull-ups on the TRX. I'm working the TRX because the main part of my set's over. And this dude comes up. And he's like pretty lean for an older guy. Uh, his mustache is, is like crooked. Uh, he had a tank top. I think I was wearing a tank top. No, I was wearing a t-shirt. But anyway, he came up and he's like, you know, I took off my headphones and he's like, hey, you look like a pretty tough guy there. I saw you doing your pull-ups. And he goes, he goes, how old are you? I tell him. And he goes, oh, that's good, man. Uh, That's the way to work out. You got to do the shit that works. Before there were all these machines and fancy things, the gym was just, that's what you did. You did pull-ups. You know, it makes you a tougher, tougher guy. And I thanked him. And he gave me a little advice, which normally someone rolls up to you at the gym and they're looking to give you advice. They better look clean, right? There's two types of people for me personally. I will listen to you if they're giving me advice at the gym. One is a beefy motherfucker, right? If 
a guy or a woman comes up to me and they're clearly more ripped than I am, they're stronger than me, uh, just they have bigger, they're bigger than me, and they're ripped. It tells me they've been bodybuilding most of their life, or a good five to ten years, which means they've probably spent um, at least equal amount of time in the gym as me, but in a totally different arena, right? Bodybuilding, I don't know a bunch about, so they might have insights on straight up weightlifting. So a person that's bigger, even if it's a woman, she doesn't have to be bigger than me, but she has to be uh, more, l- more lean, but also... A bodybuilder. The other one's a fighter. If a fighter comes up to me and they have advice, I'm always open ears because the best way to get better at a, at a craft of martial arts is to listen to other people, is to watch. And someone who knows more than you, they're not going to wear it on their sleeve. You have to listen. So if a fighter or bodybuilder comes up to me, I'm all ears. But if you come up to me and you don't know dick about lifting or you're, you wear the same size or... You know, you you squat more than like forty five pounds more than me for singles. <sighs> Don't dole out advice to anybody, please, unless you're you know a coach. Like no one needs it, and I I don't think that happens a lot. But this guy looked to me, yeah. Oh, the third one might be an OG, an older cat, an old head. So this old head comes up to me and he goes. That's how it was back in the day. You just did, you know, a lot of what was around. You didn't need all this fancy stuff. And it harkens back to a guy I trained two years ago who was an Air Force guy. And he was a gymnast in his day. And he'd tell me, he goes, damn, Johan, I one, he was, he's in his mid-30s. And he goes, damn, Johan, at one point I used to be able to get a quality workout without weights. And he's in great shape. Great shape. It only took one spontaneous backflip, a couple front levers, walking handstands, but also an aptitude for incline bench press to tell me that this particular trainee was in phenomenal shape. Turns out he was a gymnast, right? And if you're in the military, you got to get your fitness up. So, you know, when he said that, I took heed. Some of my favorite mentors or gurus or senseis in the fitness game have been people who have adhered adhered to the idea that you don't need a ton of weights necessarily to be as strong as you can be. In fact, the older I get, I kind of look at what I'm doing and I de-emphasize heavy lifting a lot more now. I'd rather spend... um. More months building up to something heavy than do something real heavy early and pull a muscle. I I can pull a muscle just looking at a deadlift these days, right? It, it's years of putting myself through physical competitions or tryouts, football. All this shit has led to my body being heavyweight averse in my 30s. And so, you know, probably in the uh, high school arenas now, kids probably aren't lifting max singles and doubles alone. That's usually now for competition. But when this OG came to me and he said, hey, keep keep doing what you're doing, he did drop this nugget on the back end of our combo. He goes, if I could offer you one piece of advice, it's 
Watch what you put inside your body. And I've been pretty quality about what I put inside my body. Now, there will be stretches where me, for me personally, and I'm sure it is with you guys too, where you'll eat whatever the fuck is in sight, whatever's easiest. It's worse when you lose sleep. It's worse when you're tired. It's easy to get shit food, and the shit food is what fills you up the quickest. It gives you the greatest amount of satiety. It settles down those ghrelin hormones, and it's typically a bunch of sugar. Oh, that cortisol goes away, all of that, right? That stuff happens to be the cheapest and also happens to be the highest in calories. In other parts of the world, street food, cheap, quick food isn't pernicious for your health. We actually have it backwards here in the Western world. Here, cheap, convenient food is the worst for you. It's highly processed. It's high in calories. It's no no good. And a lot of countries, second and third world included, street food is high in protein or high in complex carbohydrates, but is very low in processing, right? We can, personally speaking, um, I mean, if you look at when you're watching TV and guys will eat street food out in uh, Denmark and they're eating herring on the street, or if you go to Southeast Asia and you watch these shows and they're getting a bowl of of noodles or or fish skins or porridge. All that stuff is quality. It's actually very cheap too. But out here, cheap food is actually the most in calories. It's just philosophically ass back back ass back ass word, right? Ass backwards. It it makes no sense. But America. So I took it to heed. And I went on finishing my lifts, one-arm pull-ups. And it made me want to jump right back and, and, and talk a, lo- a lot bit, actually, about getting the best workout for you in the gym. You don't need weights. It's better if you have them. But we don't need to spend our free time only lifting. Guys, say it's leg day. You go up, you do your squats, you're going for triples maybe. Maybe you're doing fives. Let's say you're doing five sets, right? Say you're going kind of heavy. After you're done with your back squats, I see, I, if I can think back to when I was a kid, when I was a young, young lifter, I would probably go to the dumbbells, right? You do something lighter. Something your body can handle. And you start teeing off maybe on the back of your legs now. Which is interesting. Now why do we do that? I don't know. But (laughs) here's why I think we're conditioned to go from very heavy to now using dumbbells. We want to hit different parts of our legs. Right? We love doing the hamstring quad split. Right? The shins quads split. Leg day is leg day. The epitomous leg day is such because it's encompassing every leg workout you got. But you got your inner legs, you got your outer, you got your quads, hamstrings, your calves, I guess, right? So we like to break this shit up. 
But when we do something like a compound move, we're actually hitting every muscle. We're hitting the quads, we're hitting the hamstrings, we're hitting the hip flexors, we're hitting the glutes, all of that, right? So we're conditioned to pick up dumbbells and start working on our hamstrings after we blew out our quads on squats because it's the one that we didn't focus on before. And we can go a little lighter, we can do high repetitions. But truthfully, truthfully, we only blew out a portion of our of our quads. We should actually be attacking again our quads, doing so in a different type of a rep count. So we go from our back squats, maybe we start doing front squats, but we do lighter. Maybe we do front squats, front lunges. We use the bar, but we're lunging. We're still attacking the same muscle groups, but we're doing it with a different rep count. That rep count actually gives us more of an anaerobic to aerobic burn and works and conditions more muscles more succinctly. You get stronger because we've hit every type of muscle fiber in your body, right? But no, what do we love to do? We go to the dumbbells and then we find ourselves <sighs> the fucking hamstring curl. And we're sitting there, we're laying face down in someone else's DNA. We're bending our heels to point the ceiling. Odd, awkward, cam and pivot points derail our natural body kinetics. And we start having, we start flopping on the bench. Maybe we do it one-legged, right? When we're doing our hamstring curls, we're starting to do them one-legged. Or maybe we overload and do half reps. Like, in what fashion is it normal for you to be sitting down and bending your knee and straightening it out. When the fuck do you do that at any part of your day, guys? Right? When you get up from your chair, maybe you're at work, and you go get some a nice, um, go and get your hard-boiled eggs out of the, out of the, the uh, I don't know, what do they call it at work where they got a group kitchen. Go to the, 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 the break room and go get your boiled eggs, your pre-boiled eggs. You don't get up one legged. You don't do a pistol out of your out of your chair and go to the fucking kitchen. So why the hell are there machines that solely isolate your hamstrings? Well, they're for bodybuilding because you need to target every muscle individually. The problem is machines tend to be exercise du jour for the uninspired, for the hapless, and people will oftentimes hover, hover, right? Like 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 uh, wayward snails hanging out around these machines, looking for the motivation to to blow out a, another another uh, muscle in their legs. Right? We want to do more reps. Well, the only time that we should be using these machines is if we're fucking injured, because honestly, those machines are good for isolating a joint that deep into a recovery or rehab uh, period. Where you blow out your knee or elbow. They can actually help stabilize the shit. You can actually put tension on an isometric or non-moving muscle joint. That's great. But sitting at your desk, preacher curling your stapler is just stupid. Why, why does a preacher curl machine exist? To isolate your biceps, uh, tendon, and your brachialis muscle only? Like who, Why? What if you get re- what if you get really good at the at the 
at the bicep curl machine, <laughs> but you suck at pull-ups or you suck at everything else. You're just good at the preacher curl machine. <laughs> Does that inspire you to keep doing it? There's plenty of big guys that do these things. They'll put two, three plates on the... I used to do it. I was great at having huge biceps and curling big on the preacher curl machine. I would curl big for my size on that fucker. And I had these giant biceps and nothing else. Because I was great at it. And did it translate to anything else other than, you know, looking amazing at the beach? Probably not. Not really. Because your body is so specific. Your muscles, your motor units are so specified that they will get... that When you do push-ups... You get good at doing more push-ups. And yes, you are developing your chest. You're also developing your core. You're also developing the movement. But that's why you superset things like that together. When you get done doing your compound lifts, right? So instead of doing, hey, it's squats. Let's go to the hamstrings, the stiff-legged deadlifts with, with dumbbells right after. Stay. On your barbell, stay at the power rack. Put in some more time doing your front lunges. Going deeper but lighter. Put in another five sets right there. Go to 12, go to 20. After that, when you've pretty much fatigued most of the large muscle groups in your legs... Now's the time to go to the dumbbells, yes. But now's the time to put equaling intensity, but working a different joint angle. So maybe now start working to the side. Maybe start doing sumos. Maybe start working the TRX and body weight. Maybe do Hindu squats where you're on your tippy toes going down and coming up on your heels. We're still keeping the intensity high, but we're working a different angle, which adds to the intensity, but we're allowed to do more reps. So the muscle size still gets bigger, but we also now are putting tension on, you know, type, uh, type one muscle fibers as we get deeper and deeper into the workout. And it brings me to this. I can't remember, save for five times in the last two or three years where I've spent a majority of time working machines, right? A neophyte lifting me, as I hope is the opposite of you guys, spent a lot of time working on the machines because that's just what we were taught. You get good at lifting free weights by working on the machines. And so I know there's some of you guys that will go work out tonight. You'll get there. You'll be kind of sleepy or maybe your pre-workout ain't kicked in yet. You'll sit there. You'll take the pin. You'll smash it into half the weight stack and you'll listlessly do shoulder raises that are reminiscent of you being carried away to heaven on on, on, on some kind of like, you know, wings. Why? Shoulder raises from a seated position. Why? What for? It's kind of like putting six plates on a bar just to do shrugs. Get the fuck out of here. Unless you're a bodybuilder 
It's so pointless, guys. It's a waste of energy. And frankly, honestly, on the real, those things can hurt you. Right? They don't help you tear your biceps tendon off your sternum. Excuse me, your pecs tendons. You don't break a rib. You just, you just, you tear. You tear a tendon, right? You scrape your labrum. You micro-tear one of your bursa. And you do it again the next week. You tear it even more. And you look up after eight months, and you've added a bunch of micro-tears to a tissue that doesn't want more than a couple tears. And all of a sudden, you're compensating on your heavy lifts. These things start to move your bone and your joint angles. You get injured. And that's how, look, I know as guys, we all love to lift heavy. But that's how we injure ourselves lifting heavy. We put too much stress on the joint. The muscle becomes, um, the flow of the muscle gets clotted. There becomes some kind of bundling of the muscle. It pulls the joint angle. It changes the normal, natural joint angle of the lift. And when you overload that, you compensate. Now, months and months of compensating, you don't feel shit. That adrenaline hits you. You feel like a, you feel like a, a colossus. And when you're done, all of a sudden it's sore a little bit longer. Right? One side of your body's sore. The other side's cool. These are all telltale signs. That the death knell of your of your pecs are in order. That shoulder impingement. I, all the bad, negative, scary shit. Instead, work heavy, but also don't forget to work high reps and high set counts. It's your upper body day. Here's how you can do everything in your power to avoid working machines. I hate working shoulders. My shoulders are subject to subluxations ever since I was a young kid and playing football. So I don't do shoulders. But I know a lot of you, especially you guys, love to work your shoulders. You can go to the military press, the shoulder press. You do a set. You do a set of 8 to 12. After that, you go to the the pull-down. Eh, yeah, technically, I guess it's a machine, but it's more of a pulley. Now, we're actually going to go heavy on that. Semi-heavy. We're going to do 10 to 15, 12-ish reps. But we're going to superset that. We're going to superset it with, for shoulders, well, for shoulders, I'd have you grab dumbbells. We're going to superset that with some Arnold's. We're going to do three sets of that after your five sets of shoulder presses. After this, we're going to head to the TRX. We're going to keep our dumbbells. Instead of straight up um, shoulder of, of doing Arnold's with the dumbbells, we might do shoulder flies. We might start to hit the back of our shoulders. We might do reverse flies with the dumbbells. And so here we go. 
We're going to alternate and do supersets of reverse flies. We're going to do supersets with the TRX. TRX, where we're actually doing a, a T or a Y, something that hits our rear delts and our rhomboids because you can't press. Better yet, some handstand push-ups. We're going to superset our reverse flies with those. We can finish this entire workout with either pull-ups or push-ups. And like I said, we can we can work in our handstand push-ups of some sort. You can do that on the TRX too. That would make probably a 40 to 45 minute solely shoulder day, not to mention the lateral raises. These are things you can't really do with a barbell. You need dumbbells to really work your shoulders. But right there is an example of us completely avoiding machines, completely, and getting a bomb-ass workout, probably doing a workout that's going to give us hypertrophy, bigger muscle, and we actually did heavy lifting that day too. All in 45 minutes. Old boy was right today. I mean, aside from the advice hearkening to uh, mental imagery of San Quentin Quentin inmates doing rounds of 100 push-ups and burpees, you know, in in gray sweatshorts, he's right. My old client, my old trainee was right. You know, one of my senseis alludes to this a lot. There's a guy called Ross Training on RossTraining.com. The old school way of doing things, guys. It's probably the best. In the history of exercise and fitness, um, not so much barbells, but machines, dumbbells, those things are new. And the way that your ancestors stayed in shape, had everything to do with moving their body violently, aggressively, with intensity, through space. I want to address women in women's fitness. A lot of women, I see a lot of women in the gym now, working out in a way that's more conducive to what I'm talking about. So, we can already say, hey, ladies, women, (laughs) if you're ladies, I hate when someone with a microphone says ladies, but they say ladies no other time in their life. I, I remember I once called two of my friends that were girls ladies, and they just looked at me like I was an asshole. They're like, don't call us ladies. They weren't even the type of girls that were, they were girls at the time. I was 15. They weren't even the type of girls that didn't, they were very, they were ladylike enough. I mean, they weren't, you know, they weren't like hefferish or anything. They were late. I mean, they were late, but they hated it. They were like, don't call us ladies. I was like, oh Christ. Anyway, uh, chicks, fit chicks, fit chicks, you guys, right? Don't be afraid of lifting fucking heavy. It's only going to help you. 
It's only going to shape you. It's only going to help you lift better in the long term. You activate more muscles. After that, heed your own advice before anyone else's. Do stiff-legged deadlifts with the easy curl bar, with the short bars. Do step-up lunges on a bench. Hell, more, more dudes ought to be doing these exercises than anybody. I'm telling you, there's nothing better than loading up a heavy barbell on your back and going for step-up lunges, doing depth jumps. Do you want muscle development? Do you want to be strong? That's how you get strong. That's how you increase your vertical. It ain't just stacking sets on sets on sets and then going to the machine and blasting those same muscle groups or alternating muscle groups. No, 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 no. That gets you big. That helps you maybe in the long term increase your metabolism. But there are better ways. Ways that get you big and strong. And that alludes to what this guy was, what the old head, what the OG was talking about today. The first thing he said was, you look like a tough guy. And I'm not trying to put too fine a point on a three minute conversation. But... He said, you look like a tough guy. And he looked, he, by the way, he was 61. Looked like he was maybe 48. Save for the crooked mustache. And I, and I thought to myself, yeah, he's addressing me as someone that is in good shape, that likes to be healthy physically. And that's why he told me to watch what I put in my body. Because if I want to continue being fit, if you guys want to continue being in great shape, these things all are in concert together. And while his suggestion that I don't eat a ton of swine and beef, I love me some. I love both. We'll even throw in some lamb in there, some bison. Fuck yeah. But I'll definitely heed his words and think about it more. But the point is, it's about being strong. Strong. And if you happen to be that mesomorphic body type, those mezzoendos or something where you can get fucking strong but also be hella beefy, then go get it. Get it done. But it's about being strong as fuck. It's about being able to do a breadth, a wide latitude of exercises in the weight room, in the gym. Do them five times a week at your best. Right? So when I address fit chicks and I say, hey, fit chicks, get in there and, you know, stop avoiding the heavy shit. But keep doing what you're doing with the kettlebells, right? Swinging kettlebells for days in between. Doing the all different angles of squat lunges after you do your compound lifts, your squats, right? Don't be afraid of the bench press. Work the TRX to death. Doing all these things gets you strong as hell. And that's why we do this. That's why we stay fit, you guys. Not so much to be huge. But to be strong as fuck. The second type of person I take advice from in the gym, almost regardless of their background in life, you know, I want their fitness background to read as such. Fighter. When I am talking to a fighter, I know that they've done the work to be as in great shape as possible. They do their running. They maybe lift. But they do hella bodyweight shit. They've hung from a bar by three fingers and done waist level leg lifts. 
And so the epitome of fit to me are those men and women. The ones who know I can spend an entire hour at the gym working just my body in space with the addition of one or two extra weights and I get gains. I know to isolate one side of my body, each side of my body individually at times because I'm going high rep. That's how you get there. Maybe I'll change my tune if I meet a triathlete or a deck athlete, right? (laughs) And I'll add them to the list. But take it from me, take it from OGs across the way that have been there, that have recovered from injury. Take it from guys like Steve Maxwell who have said, only listen to coaches who've been back from the other side. Lift to your strengths, work to your strengths, and do the things that get you stronger. Keep it old school, motherfucker. Keep it old school. Have a great, fantastic week. It's summer. Enjoy it. Reach out, contact me, ask me fitness and nutrition questions so I can get back to you. And if you found this on Podbean, visit my profile. You can reach me there quicker. Find me on social media and Instagram. Reach out. Cool.